Section 20 of What is Property? This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Chris Clark. What is Property? An Enquiry into the Principle of Right and of Government by Pierre-Joseph Proudhon. Translated by Benjamin R. Tucker. Chapter 5, Part 3. Psychological Exposition of the Idea of Justice. Part 2nd of the causes of our mistakes, the origin of property. The true form of human society cannot be determined until the following question has been solved. Property not being our natural condition, how did it gain a foothold? Why has the social instinct so trustworthy among the animals erred in the case of man? Why is man who was born for society not yet associated? I have said that human society is complex in its nature, Though this expression is inaccurate, the fact to which it refers is nonetheless true, namely the classification of talents and capacities. But who does not see that these talents and capacities, owing to their infinite variety, give rise to an infinite variety of wills, and that the character, the inclinations, and, if I may venture to use the expression, the form of the ego are necessarily changed, so that in the order of liberty as in the order of intelligence there are as many types as individuals? as many characters as heads, whose tastes, fancies, and propensities being modified by dissimilar ideas must necessarily conflict. Man by his nature and his instinct is predestined to society, but his personality, ever varying, is adverse to it. In societies of animals all the members do exactly the same things. The same genius directs them, the same will animates them, a society of beasts is a collection of atoms, round, hooked, cubical, or triangular, but always perfectly identical. These personalities do not vary, and we might say that a single ego governs them all. The labors which animals perform, whether alone or in society, are exact reproductions of their character. Just as the swarm of bees is composed of individual bees, alike in nature and equal in value, so the honeycomb is formed of individual cells, constantly and invariably repeated. But man's intelligence, fitted for his social destiny and his personal needs, is of a very different composition, and therefore gives rise to a wonderful variety of human wills. In the bee the will is constant and uniform, because the instinct which guides it is invariable, and constitutes the animal's whole life and nature. In man talent varies and the mind wavers, consequently his will is multiform and vague. He seeks society, but dislikes constraint and monotony, he is an imitator, but fond of his own ideas, and passionately in love with his works. If, like the bees, every man were born possessed of talent, perfect knowledge of certain kinds, and, in a word, an innate acquaintance with the functions he has to perform, but destitute of reflective and reasoning faculties, society would organize itself. We should see one man plowing a field, another building houses, this one forging metals, that one cutting clothes, and still others storing the products and superintending their distribution each one without inquiring as to the object of his labor and without troubling himself about the extent of his task would obey orders bring his product receive his salary and would then rest for a time keeping meanwhile no accounts envious of nobody and satisfied with the distributor who never would be unjust to any one kings would govern but would not reign for to reign is to be a proprietor l'anglaise, as bonaparte said and having no commands to give since all would be at their posts they would serve rather as rallying centers than as authorities or counselors. It would be a state of ordered communism, but not a state entered into deliberately and freely. But man acquires skill only by observation and experiment. 
he reflects then since to observe and experiment is to reflect he reasons since he cannot help reasoning in reflecting he becomes deluded in reasoning he makes mistakes and thinking himself right persists in them he is wedded to his opinions he esteems himself and despises others consequently he isolates himself for he could not submit to the majority without renouncing his will and his reason that is without disowning himself which is impossible and this isolation this intellectual egotism this individuality of opinion lasts until the truth is demonstrated to him by observation and experience a final illustration will make these facts still clearer if to the blind but convergent and harmonious instincts of a swarm of bees should be suddenly added reflection and judgment the little society could not long exist in the first place the bees would not fail to try some new industrial process for instance that of making their cells round or square all sorts of systems and inventions would be tried until long experience aided by geometry should show them that the hexagonal shape is the best then insurrections would occur the drones would be told to provide for themselves and the queen to labor jealousy would spread among the laborers discords would burst forth soon each one would want to produce on his own accord and finally the hive would be abandoned and the bees would perish evil would be introduced into the honey-producing republic by the power of reflection the very faculty which ought to constitute its glory thus moral evil or in this case disorder in society is naturally explained by our power of reflection the mother of poverty crime insurrection and war was inequality of conditions which was the daughter of property which was born of selfishness which was engendered by private opinion which descended in a direct line from the autocracy of reason man in his infancy is neither criminal nor barbarous but ignorant and inexperienced endowed with imperious instincts which are under the control of his reasoning faculty at first he reflects but little and reasons inaccurately then benefiting by his mistakes he rectifies his ideas and perfects his reason in the first place it is the savage sacrificing all his possessions for a trinket and then repenting and weeping it is Isou selling his birthright for a mess of pottage and afterwards wishing to cancel the bargain it is the civilized workman laboring in insecurity and continually demanding that his wages be increased neither he nor his employer understanding that in the absence of equality any salary however large is always insufficient then it is naboth dying to defend his inheritance cato tearing out his entrails that he might not be enslaved socrates drinking the fatal cup in defense of liberty of thought it is the third estate of eighty nine claiming its liberty soon it will be the people demanding equality of wages and an equal division of the means of production man is born a social being that is he seeks equality and justice in all his relations but he loves independence and praise the difficulty of satisfying these various desires at the same time is the primary cause of the despotism of the will and the appropriation which results from it on the other hand man always needs a market for his product unable to compare values of different kinds he is satisfied to judge approximately according to his passion and caprice and he engages in dishonest commerce which always results in wealth and poverty thus the greatest evils which man suffers arise from the misuse of his social nature of this same justice of which he is so proud and which he applies with such deplorable ignorance the practice of justice is a science which when once discovered and diffused will sooner or later put an end to social disorder by teaching us our rights and duties 
this progressive and painful education of our instinct this slow and imperceptible transformation of our spontaneous perceptions into deliberate knowledge does not take place among the animals whose instincts remain fixed and never become enlightened according to frederick cuvier who has so clearly distinguished between instinct and intelligence in animals quote, instinct is a natural and inherent faculty like feeling irritability or intelligence the wolf and the fox who recognize the traps in which they have been caught and who avoid them the dog and the horse who understand the meaning of several of our words and who obey us thereby show intelligence the dog who hides the remains of his dinner the bee who constructs his cell the bird who builds his nest act only from instinct even man has instincts it is a special instinct which leads the newborn child to suck but in man almost everything is accomplished by intelligence and intelligence supplements instinct the opposite is true of animals their instinct is given them as a supplement to their intelligence a florence analytical summary of the observations of f cuvier Quote, we can form a clear idea of instinct only by admitting that animals have in their sensorium images or innate and constant sensations which influence their actions in the same manner that ordinary and accidental sensations commonly do it is a sort of dream or vision which always follows them and in all which relates to instinct they may be regarded as somnambulists f cuvier introduction to the animal kingdom intelligence and instinct being common then though in different degrees to animals and man what is the distinguishing characteristic of the latter according to f cuvier it is reflection or the power of intellectually considering our own modifications by a survey of ourselves this lacks clearness and requires an explanation if we grant intelligence to animals we must also grant them in some degree reflection for the first cannot exist without the second as f cuvier himself has proved by numerous examples but notice that the learned observer defines the kind of reflection which distinguishes us from the animals as the power of considering our own modifications this i shall endeavor to interpret by developing to the best of my ability the laconism of the philosophical naturalist the intelligence acquired by animals never modifies the operations which they perform by instinct it is given them only as a provision against unexpected accidents which might disturb these operations in man on the contrary instinctive action is constantly changing into deliberate action thus man is social by instinct and is every day becoming social by reflection and choice at first he formed his words by instinct footnote the problem of the origin of language is solved by the distinction made by frederick cuvier between instinct and intelligence language is not a premeditated arbitrary or conventional device nor is it communicated or revealed to us by god language is an instinctive and unpremeditated creation of man as the hive is of the bee in this sense it may be said that language is not the work of man since it is not the work of his mind further the mechanism of language seems more wonderful and ingenious when it is not regarded as the result of reflection this fact is one of the most curious and indisputable which philology has observed see among other works a latin essay by f g bergman strasburg eighteen thirty nine in which the learned author explains how the phonetic germ is born of sensation how language passes through three successive stages of development why man endowed at birth with the instinctive faculty of creating a language loses this faculty as fast as his mind develops and that the study of languages is real and natural history in fact a science france possesses to-day several philologists of the first rank endowed with rare talents and deep philosophic insight 
modest savants developing a science almost without the knowledge of the public devoting themselves to studies which are scornfully looked down upon and seeming to shun applause as much as others seek it End footnote. at first he formed his words by instinct he was a poet by inspiration today he makes grammar a science and poetry an art his conception of god and a future life is spontaneous and instinctive and his expressions of this conception have been by turns monstrous eccentric beautiful comforting and terrible all these different creeds at which the frivolous irreligion of the eighteenth century mocked are modes of expression of the religious sentiment some day man will explain himself to the character of the god whom he believes in and the nature of that other world to which his soul aspires all that he does from instinct man despises or if he admires it it is as nature's work not as his own this explains the obscurity which surrounds the names of early inventors it explains also the indifference to religious matters and the ridicule heaped upon religious customs man esteems only the products of reflection and of reason the most wonderful works of instinct are in his eyes only lucky godsends he reserves the name discovery i had almost said creation for the works of intelligence instinct is the source of passion and enthusiasm it is intelligence which causes crime and virtue in developing his intelligence man makes use of not only his own observations but also those of others he keeps an account of his experience and preserves the record so that the race as well as the individual becomes more and more intelligent the animals do not transmit their knowledge that which each individual accumulates dies with him it is not enough then to say that we are distinguished from the animals by reflection unless we mean thereby the constant tendency of our instinct to become intelligence while man is governed by instinct he is unconscious of his acts he never would deceive himself and never would be troubled by errors evils and disorder if like the animals instinct were his only guide but the creator has endowed us with reflection to the end that our instinct might become intelligence and since this reflection and resulting knowledge pass through various stages it happens that in the beginning our instinct is opposed rather than guided by reflection consequently that our power of thought leads us to act in opposition to our nature and our end that deceiving ourselves we do and suffer evil until instinct which points us toward good and reflection which makes us stumble into evil are replaced by the science of good and evil which invariably causes us to seek the one and avoid the other thus evil or error and its consequences is the first-born son of the union of two opposing faculties instinct and reflection good or truth must inevitably be the second child or to again employ the figure evil is the product of incest between adverse powers good will sooner or later be the legitimate child of their holy and mysterious union property born of the reasoning faculty entrenches itself behind comparisons but just as reflection and reason are subsequent to spontaneity observation to sensation and experience to instinct so property is subsequent to communism communism or association in a simple form is the necessary object and original aspiration of the social nature the spontaneous movement by which it manifests and establishes itself it is the first phase of human civilization in this state of society which the jurists have called negative communism man draws near to man and shares with him the fruits of the field and the milk and the flesh of animals little by little this communism negative as long as man does not produce tends to become positive and organic through the development of labor and industry 
but it is then that the sovereignty of thought and the terrible faculty of reasoning logically or illogically teach men that if equality is the sine qua non of society communism is the first species of slavery to express this idea by a hegelian formula i will say communism the first expression of the social nature is the first term of social development the thesis property the reverse of communism is the second term the antithesis when we have discovered the third term the synthesis we shall have the required solution now this synthesis necessarily results from the correction of the thesis by the antithesis therefore it is necessary by a final examination of their characteristics to eliminate those features which are hostile to sociability the union of the two remainders will give us the true form of human association End of section 20, chapter 5, part 3. Recording by Chris Clark.